You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Old wondering if I'm ever going to be warm again. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say, are you ever going to love again? And I think that's also <laughs> appropriate, but ever going to be warm again may be better. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Sonos, S-O-N-O-S.com. Go check them out. want to thank you for making Locked on Bama the first place you check out a podcast. And for all of our Georgia listeners looking to gloat, hey, we're glad to have you. Um, but Jimmy, you and I both went to the game. And um, it was fine. We'll talk about that. The, the, the venue was fine. Outside sucked because it was negative 10 degrees. And I think I found the remains of a woolly mammoth somewhere. Um, but inside, Alabama loses 33 to 18 in one of the oddest score combos you'll ever see in a national championship game. Jimmy, I don't even know um, where to start. Literally, it is 7.50 in the morning. Uh, Tuesday, and I I got in last night about two fifteen, um, into back into Birmingham, and um, you know I've since had to get up and start driving towards work, and now you're leaving Indianapolis. But just give me your initial thoughts about uh, what happened last night. Yeah, just uh, just ran out of, of of bullets to to shoot. I mean, uh, the defense was was great, frankly. I mean, as we know, uh, Georgia got scores off off the offense. Uh, the defense was national championship worthy all during the second half of the season. I felt that was true through the postseason, real gutty performance by those guys. They weren't perfect. They gave the long run they gave up to Cook was a was a backbreaker a little bit. And and they gave up a play here or there, but overall the defense was was outstanding and uh, played well enough to win the game. Just couldn't really overcome our own offensive shortcomings and uh and those were caused by two or three things. Number one, credit to Georgia, their front seven, uh, which is considered one of the greats in college football history, showed up last night, unlike what they did in the SEC championship game. Uh, our offensive line had a, a very difficult time dealing with their front seven. Uh, I think they had nine tackles for loss, which is just a huge number. Uh, I think they sacked Bryce four times, uh, put tremendous pressure on Bryce, uh, he, he was under a, a great deal of pressure, way, way more than the first game. But look, um, it, it's just simple. I, I'm not going to ever be the, the fan that says, hey, uh, give us this healthy guy or give us this healthy guy. But the fact of the matter is we played that team the first week in December and we had two outstanding wide receivers, John Mechie and Jamison Williams, who both had monster games against Georgia and we won easily. But we lose Mechie and now we've only got one left. And then we come into this game and we're actually doing well and winning. And then we lose that guy. And then there's just no bullets left to fire because, and, and, and partly because, hey, two great weapons are Bryce and, and Brian Robinson. But Georgia's defense is just so good at the line of scrimmage. It really negates that. I mean, Georgia sort of took that away, uh, and leaving us only with, well, if you're going to make plays, it's got to be on throws to the outside, to your outside receivers. And, uh, and ours are, are, are both in the hospital. Uh, so, yeah. 
it left us with an assortment of young receivers that, that just haven't been depended on much and, and tight ends and uh, and they just didn't come through and 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 maybe you shouldn't expect them to on that big of a stage but really we ran out of weapons I'd have liked to have seen us play Georgia again with a healthy Mechie and a healthy Jamison Williams we saw what happened the first time when we had those two we just didn't have those two after the early game injury uh to JMO uh which was pretty significant and uh from that point on uh it was going to be a real uphill climb for the offense uh and again, credit to Georgia. They're they're the best team in the country in in 2021. Yeah, and part of me is is kind of happy for Georgia fans. Number one, because now Auburn fans just can't say 1980 to them anymore, <laughs> and uh, I do. They're frustrated by that, and uh, I know a lot of people get uh, Georgia fans get some bad reps, but um, you know the ones that I'm friends with are pretty good dudes, and nobody we, was we even. Have a- we were there for three days. I didn't have a single negative incident with the Georgia yeah. fan in three three full days. Yeah. They were very, they were they were all universally uh, pleasant what, what, in terms of what we dealt with, and, and you as well, apparently. Yeah, and and um, as I told some of my Auburn friends in a text chain, they were the Georgia fans were all too happy, crying happy tears to even bark at me anymore. It wasn't like they were like so thrilled they couldn't even bark. I mean. Nobody ever barked at me anyway, but everybody always talks about how much they bark at people. And maybe they do. Maybe I'm not going to the right places or the wrong places, but I didn't get barked at that much. I thought it was two fan bases. And really, to me, it was a lot like Clemson. I've never had a problem with Clemson people either. It, you know, when Clemson was doing their thing and we were always meeting the championship, best team win kind of thing. And anyway, um, you make a great point about the guys who did not step up. And I want to talk about that in the next segment. But I've listened to a little bit of radio this morning from a national perspective. Um, I am happy to hear that at least nobody's making the excuse about injuries. I mean, there's nothing worse than, you know, if Colt hadn't gotten hurt, the crowd. Right. Okay. Exactly. Um, and I don't ever like doing that. And, I'm, and I don't want to do it. But it, it certainly was a factor. And when you think about the games, um, Mechie and J-Mo together, they didn't play one full game together against Georgia because Mechie was hurt about three right. quarters into the se- the second quarter, and then J-Mo was hurt about, what, midway into the second quarter? So um, they didn't have four full quarters of the eight that we played Georgia, and that's a problem uh, because I want to talk about why it was an even bigger problem than we know right. in the next segment. But I thought Christian Harris – let's give out a few accolades here. Christian Harris, I thought, played one of his better games. I thought he was all over the place. Um, He did play well. I thought Will Anderson still played well. I don't know what his final stats were, but I thought he – Yeah, Will Will had a huge impact on the game. Will Will played really well, and and, and like you said, Christian Harris may have played one of his better games of the year. He he was really good. I I thought that defensively, as a whole, they were pretty good. The corners got – roughed up a little bit no. uh you know yeah. some of that was the competition um but yeah the corners didn't didn't have the game that they had in atlanta uh, both kool-aid and Kyrie uh were, were beat at times and i wouldn't say that the safeties uh had their best games either but our front seven played well uh particularly oh dallas turner was also outstanding big time game yeah from he was great freshman um, dallas if, if we didn't have will anderson 
we'd be having weekly Dallas Turner fests. I mean, that, that that kid is that kid's something else. Next year, those two, that's got to be the best outside linebacker duo. At that's gonna be a thing. Ball. Yeah, that's gonna be a thing next year for sure. Um, Jimmy, let's let me go ahead and tell everybody uh, about Get Upside. Go to Get Upside uh, on the App Store or on Google Play or wherever you go to get your apps. And go download the Get Upside app because look, what it'll do when you sign up for Get Upside and then you start using it when when you're getting gas, it'll give you money back on your gas fill-ups. And that's you know, look, it's not something to get rich on, but it's something to put a little change in your pocket. I've been using it for several months now before we even started advertising because I I drive a lot and I was like, why not do this? I mean, it takes two seconds, and um, it's been great. Made a little bit of money back, and I mean, it's just something nice. And it's just like getting free money. It's not that big of a deal. Just it's easy. Go to Get Upside wherever you go to get your apps and use promo code SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, SCORE. Use that promo code. And on your next fill up, your first fill up, I should say, you'll get 25 cents per gallon extra. So whatever it is, plus 25 cents, that's up to 50 cents per gallon back. So, you know, you make make some nice little bit of money right off the bat. And um, so, yeah, you can do this at Get Upside. Um, Go get it wherever you get your apps at. I also want to tell everybody about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. If you took the Tide plus three last night, well, sorry about that. But if you took Georgia, hey, you made some money. So go to betonline.ag, try them out. You'll love that website. So easy to navigate. You can bet on whatever you want to, baseball, football, basketball, college, pro, cricket, uh, reality TV. They got it all over there at betonline.ag. You can also play poker. You can also play blackjack. You can play roulette. You can do, I think, some slot machines. I hadn't done that, but so I think you can over at betonline.ag. Go check them out. Use promo code locked on and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Betonline. All right, Jimmy, uh, in a true management technique where you say something good, then say something bad, then say something good again, I'll, I'll have to figure out what I'm going to say good on the back end. But um, the something bad was, you know, and I'm not call. I don't want to call anybody out and be like, "Hey, you, you're an asshole. We don't want you on the team." That's not what I'm saying. But you know, I've heard a lot, and and seen the body language and the, and just seen the tweets about how guys like Ajay Hall, Jaleel Billingsley, um, some of these guys want the ball more. You know, they or they want to play more. They need more. They need more. Last night. <laughs> there was your opportunity. There it was, right in staring you in the face. We had a chance to go 2017-18 on these dudes. A lot of freshmen stepping in, Najee Harris style, Tua style, Devontae style, Rugg style, Judy style, Leatherwood style. Um, in front of you, make a play. And Hall made a nice catch and run early, you know, when he got his opportunity. But after that, it's like he disappeared. I mean, he – there were some nice balls thrown to him right in the breadbasket, and he dropped them. Or he didn't put forth what I thought was the kind of effort that a guy who really wants the ball would put forth. Jaleel Billingsley, who I really predicted to be, like, the sneaky superstar in this game, he didn't show right. up. He just didn't show up. And, again, I, I'm not killing the kid, but, I mean, is somebody going to disagree with me? He just didn't play. He – there was an opportunity there for him to be a star 
in this game. Right. He led it. I think it was a defensive back that he was fighting with on that first inter, one of those first interceptions. Um, that uh, there were only two interceptions, or so maybe I can't remember. But he was fighting with uh with a receiver, like or not a receiver, a defensive back down the field. And again, I haven't re. I'm only calling this from the stands. Um, and I'm like, just push him down. You're bigger. You're stronger. Do it. But it just seemed like he didn't want to go get it. He also had another couple of balls that hit him pretty close to the hands where we need you to make that catch. He also slipped down in the first drive, I think it was. And it would have been wide open. Apparently, Bill O'Brien was losing his mind in the um, – in the booth upstairs when that happened, because Billingsley was wide up. Georgia brought a lot of pressure. Uh, Bryce threw it to a spot. And when I saw where the ball was going, I saw Billingsley already on the ground. I'm like, damn it. Cause there was nobody there. It's a touchdown. Now I'm yep. just saying, I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to complain about not getting the ball and I just need my time and you know, then there it is. I mean, this right there is not, it's the best time. If you think you're the man, that's this is the time. The national championship. Don't get no beggar. Don't get no, again. And look, maybe I can't be mad at somebody for not being OJ Howard or not being Devontae Smith. I'm not mad at them for that. I'm just saying right. that we needed you right there. And you have made a point to somehow, some way get get the word out that you need the ball more. And there was your opportunity, and you didn't do it. So it's a little disappointing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's totally true, and it is a little upsetting. I mean, the first thing that jumps out to me is just responding to various comments over the past three or four months as it relates in particular to 84, who who did make a couple of plays. He did make a couple of plays. He did. But he he had drops bad drops and did not come through he did not come through now as a true freshman or freshman we, we, we just maybe shouldn't ex- shouldn't expect him to and and he was only playing because because guys the older guys ahead of him were hurt but what I'm talking about is specific complaints that I've seen over the past three or more three or four months that a guy like Slade Bolden plays and plays a lot of snaps and plays a lot while 84 and some others don't don't play at all and the coach is wrong he's playing the wrong guys and I think last night we saw no maybe coach knows what he's talking about maybe coach knows what he's doing uh coach does play the right guys uh the other guys just weren't ready and it's not 84's fault he's he's a freshman he just wasn't ready particularly on a stage that size and too much was 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 thrust on him and and hey he's apparently been wanting that uh complained on twitter to, that he that he wasn't playing and uh well you played you know so he's just got to improve a lot just like i would say about every freshman on the team that's not dallas turner <laughs> they, all, they all need to improve a lot uh it's, it's a developmental sport fans lose sight of that all the time they think Hey, the kid you sign is the kid you got for four or five years, but that's that's not how the sport works. Uh, this is a developmental sport where kids are supposed to improve. They're they're one thing, and you mold the clay over four or five years, and they they become a little better every year. And, and I think Ajay could be a special player by the time he leaves, but uh, he just he just wasn't ready to uh, 
to lead us to a win in the national championship game. And, and no one should be upset that he didn't. I, I think it's fair to be upset over him complaining about not playing and, and then finally playing and not, not delivering. Yeah. So, there's uh, the thing. There's the thing, Jimmy, it. if he doesn't do these complaints, yeah, we I never think everybody's he like, Hey, everybody's like, Hey, he's a freshman. I mean, he doesn't know yet, but when you, when you publicly complain like that, to me, it's a lot like, I don't know if you saw this before the Missouri game basketball wise, Juwan Gary, I think it was put out NIL deal. And then Alabama goes out and loses to Missouri. And everybody's like, um, don't talk about NIL deals if you can't beat Missouri. Okay? Just just right. don't do that. That's the problem with this NIL stuff is like, that's what we've all been worried about is everybody's going to be so worried about where's mine and not realizing that, hey, if the team does well and, and you're a part of that, you'll get recognized. You don't need to shine a light on yourself. See, what a Jahoe I think didn't understand, and maybe he understands it a little bit better now. It's almost like this was a Disney movie where he where he may learn a moral here. Um, that if the team <clears throat> wins, then he'll be a part of a national championship team, and that and then when he gets his opportunity, he'll be able to you know keep that legacy going. As it was, he's sort of complaining, saying, "I'm the man, I'm the man," and then when he's is his time to be the man, it you know. It wasn't. It wasn't like he had a bad performance. It just wasn't the man performance. That's right. all. And, and as far and as Billingsley, I, I didn't really comment on Billingsley. As far as that goes, you know, and, and he's had a, a rough year off off the field. I mean, bad. in terms of yeah. he, he he was in trouble early in the season, and it's been rare in the Nick Saban era that a kid has been doghoused, and Nick Saban talks about it. I mean, we've had a lot of kids in the doghouse, and Nick Saban never comments on it and it's just a kid we're not seeing in the game and there's never anything said and there's a lot of stuff assumed but you don't know coach Saban basically told us in September Jaleel Billingsley isn't doing what we're asking him to do and he's just not going to be playing because he doesn't follow the team rules and and then he, then when he does play uh it hasn't been good uh, certainly not living up to what were big time expectations uh and, and because he's been in the doghouse it's easy as fans to be you know, a little upset about about when he doesn't play well because we know that he hasn't been in the good graces of coaching staff all all season. And all, no, that's all true. Now, it. also to um, Jai Hall's credit, he did put out a tweet last night and said it was like, "I'm sorry, you know, Bama fans, I let you down." Yeah, he said, "I let you down," and you know what? That was big, and I appreciate that. I do appreciate that, and it, because he didn't really let us down, he only let no, us down did. based on his own expectations of what he created you know what i'm saying like he didn't let right. us down necessarily he no. he built himself up and then when he didn't perform we're like okay now we're let down because you told us you were going to do this other shit right. you know well, they're college we didn't, kids we didn't. We should, yeah. yeah 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 they're college so, kids we, we should never be upset or mad about the way any yeah. of them play it's just a That's little right. frustrating when when the kids that have been a little difficult off the field they're right. the ones that that sort of didn't come through uh, but again, what I'll say about Billingsley, it's just this simple. We want the best players to play. In my mind, assuming both both tight ends that play a lot come back, Jaleel Billingsley and Cameron Latu, assuming both of them come back, I'll just say I, I'm I'm really excited about how good Cam Latu might be next year. Uh, kind of a breakout year for Latu. 
Uh, had another decent game last night. Certainly made some catches, caught a touchdown pass. Um, I'm excited about Cam Latu. I'm not going to be excited about Billingsley's upside again until we see him play well. Until we see exactly. Until we see Billingsley play well, in my mind, you know the tight end is Cam Latu, and that's that. All right, buddy. Let's take a break. When we come back, we got a couple other questions for you. Okay, Jimmy. Um, yeah, I thought you put that well about Billingsley. Is is like we had all these sky high expectations, partially because of what we had seen. We had seen some good moments from him, and partially because of his own creation of these expectations. But now you're right. Now, like he's going to have to do it better and longer for me to believe. Not that he gives a shit what I believe in. I'm just saying, like, it's you get to a point where you quit trusting players. And as a fan base, I think that can that can affect the game. You know, it it can sort of create uh, an energy in the stadium of nervousness. I mean, shoot, we did it to a whole position group when it comes to kickers forever. I mean, we just were so nervous whenever one kicked. I mean, the whole our every anus in the stadium puckered up when uh, whenever a kicker came out there for any reason. So, and if you don't think that's felt by the kickers, you're crazy. And so finally we've been able to break that curse somewhat, even though we did have a kick block last night, which I thought was also kind of big. Um, but let me ask you about some of the guys uh, potentially leaving because, you know, Billingsley can leave if he wants to. I don't, I don't know now that he will go pro. Um, I just, he might have the body for it. I, he definitely does. I think he's got the talent for it. But I think the production just hadn't been there, and so it wouldn't shock me if he came back. Wouldn't be picked high. If he came, I mean, he might come out on at the beginning of the season. Very high. But I want to ask you more about Mechie and Jamo because, right? By the way, do we know Jamo's injury yet? No. Okay. Um, I, I've got, I've got a couple of friends and family members that are doctors, and they all texted and said, "Yeah, that looked bad." Um, you know, just watching on TV, but they, you know, they were like, "Don't diagnose it off this," but. Yeah, that looks kind of like something that could be bad. So, if that's the case, what are the odds like either one of those guys comes back? I think it's very possible with Mechie and J-Mo injured. It's very possible that both of them may go, you know what, I'm not going to go into the NFL damaged goods. I'm going to go into the NFL healthy and be able to work out and do pro day and and, uh, so, you know, whereas a month ago, you would say both Mechie and Jamison both were definitely leaving early and going to the NFL. Uh, now I'm not so sure uh, as it relates to both. Uh, the injuries could uh, could affect that. But my personal expectation right now is that both do go to the NFL. Uh, that's what I believe right now on Tuesday morning. Uh, I do not have information about uh, from inside their camps on what they plan to do. Uh, I'm just guessing. My guess Tuesday morning is, both will still enter the draft process. Okay, and what about Billingsley? I would assume Billingsley needs to play another year of, uh, of football. I know he comes from good good folks. His dad's a great Twitter follow. His dad's a great guy. I, I would hope Jaleel Billingsley listens to his closest advisors and decides to stay in college. He's not ready to be a pro football player. He's not ready to play at that level. If he came out, he'd be drafted very low, if at all. And – uh and if Billingsley's upset at Alabama and wants to leave, uh, fine. I mean, fine. That's why there is a portal, and, and, and that would be fine. But he would be better served portaling. If he doesn't want to play for Alabama next year, 
he would be better served portaling out and continuing to play college football, in my opinion. But uh, I, I don't believe Jaleel Billy. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But I, I'm hoping he's not upset at Alabama. I want nobody. I want him Jaleel. to stay. I want him to stay yeah. and improve. Nobody yeah, wants Jaleel Billsley to be a star more than I do, and, and I guess maybe his parents. But I've, I have loved him since he got on campus. And um, I just think he's got everything you want in a, in a tight end, except yep. he's got to go make those plays. And, and I know he's capable. And that's what's – that's the frustrating part is like it's like having a kid that's making C-pluses when you're like, you're an A student. What are you doing? Right. And, exactly. you know, it's just – so that's that's what it's like. I don't want anybody to think that I don't like Jaleel Billingsley. I love the guy. I want him to kick ass. Um, but it's frustrating because he is bigger, faster, and stronger than the guys he's going up against usually, and he's not making the plays right now. And that's got to change. Um, that's right. Because I'll tell you, here's the other thing, Jimmy. And I believe. Tell me if I'm wrong. If Billingsley makes that play, the long pass play that Latu made, Billingsley scores. Yes. Yeah, that's that's true. Billingsley would have outrun uh, Georgia to the. I mean, Latu's a really good player, and he gets great effort, and and he's a positive asset on the team. But he's not as gifted as Billingsley is. Billingsley would have scored on that play. I agree. Yeah, and so that's that's the thing. Billingsley can make that play. Go make it. Just go make it. Because here's the other thing. It's not like Latu is outshining you so badly. I mean, Latu had some drops. Latu dropped a touchdown last night. Did. Um, Did. And that's the other thing about Slade Bolden. You brought up Slade Bolden. And I want to get back to guys who could potentially stay or go in a second. But you brought up Slade Bolden in the previous segment and about how, you know, people are like, why is he still playing? Look, it's, Slade Bolden's not Hunter Renfro. <laughs> Slade Bolden isn't out there catching everything either. He dropped a punt last night. He dropped a big yeah. potential first down play. Now, I think it was probably swatted away from him. But, it, you know, uh, Devontae Smith catches it. So it's not. Doubtable. Just our other guys aren't beating him out, and it's it's not like you're not beating out a dude who's who's pretty good, but he's not a superstar. Slade's pretty good. He's not a superstar, and our guys aren't beating him out. Um, well, Christian Harris, I would assume, is gone now. Correct. Uh, that's my guess. I'm guess like again, it's a, it's a Tuesday morning after the game. Guess I would guess Christian Harris is going to go pro, and and obviously Evan Neal is. Evan could end up being the number one pick in the draft strange that Alabama's offensive line has been a problem and it struggles and, and might produce the number one overall pick in the draft. But, but yeah. Evan, Evan is not a, a kid that struggled. Uh, yeah. And I think he'd be a good fit in Jacksonville. So I think that'll be one of the interesting things we talk about over the next three months leading up to the draft is uh, can Evan Neal go number one overall to Jacksonville? I think it's very possible. All right, Jimmy, let's just call it a day here. Um, I've got to edit this whole mother and I'm, I'm, like physically, mentally, uh, alcoholically exhausted. <laughs> so uh, I need to uh, I need to let let it stop right here. You guys have a very safe trip back to Indianapolis. Congratulations, Georgia. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I mean it's pretty cool that you guys spend forty years and you get one. I hate us at our expense, um, but I don't hate Georgia. I just don't. I mean I don't hate them. I mean I'm fine with them. And um, so if we're going to lose a national championship, I'd like to keep it in the SEC. Um, and so, hey, kudos to Georgia. Good job. And uh, best team won last night. Congratulations. That's all I can say. So until tomorrow, Jimmy, roll tide. Roll tide.